Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening. My name is Chris Atkins, and this is the Secrets of the Dressing Cupboard podcast, a podcast focusing on the lighter side of live entertainment. Today, I have yet again emerged from my own cupboard under the stairs, and I'm currently recording yet again on location in the sleepy northeast village of Horden, in the residence of my good friend Mr. Mark Sylvester, who has graciously donated his front room for me to record in. Joining us for tea and biscuits today is a truly remarkable act, the legendary Mr. Jim Clark. So legendary, in fact, that the band Jim founded has its own brick in the Cavern Club wall. First of all, thank you so much for agreeing to talk to me today, Jim. It's a real privilege. Yeah, it is. I'm uh, glad to be here. Oh, it's lovely. Uh, I've had a, a good scout on your personal website, which oh, is uh, uh, Jim <laughs> Clark Country Music.co.uk. Yep. And I've pulled some information from the biography page. It does make some fascinating reading. So, before we begin with the questions proper, Jim, I'd like to ask a little bit about yourself. So, uh, Jim, where were you born? Liverpool. Oh, excellent stuff indeed. Uh, And uh, so you started performing in Liverpool as well. Uh, I've got this down as 1956, is that right? Yeah, yeah, but I've actually been singing since I was seven. Seven? Well, well, I assumed you started in 1956 at seven, is that right? (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, could be. Yeah, yeah. Could be, yeah. Oh, wonderful stuff indeed. <laughs> so, um, I just like, obviously, this was like the heyday of music back then. Oh, what, yeah. What was it like uh, performing on the circuit back in 1956, in Liverpool, of course? Well, in those days, people just sit there, listen to every word you sang, and you always got marvellous applause. Great, great time, great time. And everything was new, yeah. especially in Liverpool. Country music was, was, was more popular than any, any form of music. Is that right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I first, I mean, I first started when I was seven. I used to sing in the house, hmm. and because I was a bit shy, I used to stand behind a curtain, right, and sing. And all the family would, because they could hear me sing, but they couldn't see me. But anybody outside walking down the street could see this little lad hmm. singing his heart out. Yeah, and that's how it started. And I used to, uh, I used to be a big fan of uh, a fellow called Sugar Child Robinson. Right. Who was a, 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 I think he was about seven at the time when he first came on the scene, was a young black uh, pianist. Mm. Boogie Woogie. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and he, and he was absolutely fantastic. And uh, and I thought to myself, wow, these kids are actually doing this. Because I thought the sound you used to listen to coming out of the radio was something that what people weren't actually doing. Because you had a kid, you don't realise this. People are doing this. Mm. And then when Sugar Tyler Robinson came on the scene and um my brother told me all about it and I thought, well, kids can do this. I wonder if I can do this. And that's where, that's where the, my, the, my first love of wanting to say, that's where, it, that's where it started. So boogie woogie? Yeah. And I used to, because uh, we never had the piano, and I used to uh, imagine the, the, the table as a piano. And I used to sing, uh, what that was, uh, Numbers Boogie. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. With, with Sugar Side Robinson. And... Pretend I'm playing the piano at the same time. Fantastic. So he inspired me to want to be a singer, and that's how it all started. That's amazing. Yeah. And then, of course, um, when I was 15, 16, in those days, I think every street in Liverpool had a band. Mm. Skiffle them those days, you know. Right. And, and uh, I used to make my own, we used to make our, uh, our own bass out of a, a, a tea chest and a brush pole. Mm. A bit of string. Yeah, and a bit of string. Yeah. But um, at that time, I started work. I started working in Camelherds. 
And I thought, well, we can do better than that. So I actually got um, an old oil drum. Because I thought it would be a better sound than it was. Mm. So you sit the pole down into the oil drum, and the sound was, was, was amazing. So that's what we used to do, yeah, that we started. Wow, that's absolutely brilliant. Yeah. So you've always been musical. Yeah, yeah. Well, when I was at school, I, was, I studied trombone. I played trombone, uh, clarinet. Uh, of course, I'm on the re- playing, you know, the old recorders, and uh, we we're in a, a, in an or- a recorder orchestra. We used to do all the the music festivals across the uh, throughout Lancashire, and uh, I was always been musical. Um, loved it. That's brilliant. And I'm still doing it now. And I'm still a young boy. Yeah. <laughs> well, I was about to say that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> Yeah. Oh, well, that's brilliant. Um, so tell me about your first professional band. Uh, so when, obviously, you, you had lots of little scratch bands when you were growing up and yes, stuff. Yes, yeah. And when did you actually start gigging um, in the in The, the proper gigs, I would say, was with uh, was Kenny, Kenny McGonagall, who used to work with Charlie Langer for nine years as a duo. Right. And uh, Kenny and I got together and some of Kenny's friends, and we went out as the, the Strollers. And then they eventually come because I was because I was a singer. Uh, we call ourselves JC and the Strollers. I see. Yeah, and then the, uh, the 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 other singer left. The bass player left. Mm. And I thought, well, rather than get somebody else in, I thought, well, I'll buy a bass guitar. And I learned to play bass, which was difficult because trying to sing and play bass at mm. the same time was awkward. So that's why we we ended up as a four piece, as we used to be a five piece. Yeah, and that's that's what we did, you know. Fantastic stuff. Yeah. Right, so we were just up to uh, you were talking about. Would you mind just talking about the JC and the Strollers again briefly? Um, yeah, that, well, they were the first actual uh, gigging working band mm. because you know we just worked around the local area around Liverpool. Yeah, uh, and it was that there was like uh, guitar, drums, bass. Uh, rhythm and I was the singer. Yeah, is and this it, the uh, the band you used public transport to get to the gigs with? Yeah, do you know what? Yeah, we used, we used to get the on. Oh, remember them? Used to the eighty six bus. Yeah, with drums. Yeah, Brilliant. drums used to go under the under the you know when you get in the bus under the <laughs> under the stairs. Yeah, and amplifiers. Of course, I think when you only had like, one amplifier. Yeah, and the mics used to go through the ampli through the the guitars. You know, that's how we used to do it. You know, that's amazing. Yeah. They don't like you taking Brams on now. Oh, no. <laughs> and we used to go, uh, and then we'd get off outside, we always used to stop outside the uh, the Oddford Club. Mm. Let's call it the ODVA, the Oddford Club. And we used to take all the stuff out straight into the club and rehearse there all afternoon. That's fantastic. Yeah. So did the buses run all night? I mean, how did you get home? Or did you just leave the gear in and, no, and no, roll home? <laughs> no, in those days, the, the buses used to run about. Because uh, don't get, we were only rehearsing then at, at I that see. time. So we'd get the, maybe the five, the five o'clock bus <laughs> back home again. Yeah, and you weren't drinking as well while you oh, were... Oh, no, no, no. No, 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 okay. no. Well, I wasn't driving the bus, so it made no difference. Ah, that's a true story. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's great stuff. Um, now, uh, obviously, um, then the, the first band you started having success with, if, if I'm correct, was The Dimensions. Is oh, that The right? Dimensions, yeah, yeah, The Dimensions. That was... Uh, that was uh, we, got a, we had a girl singer... Uh, Irene, uh, Tiffany, whose name was, mm. and she used to be in it. Funny enough, at the, as they're talking, there's a musical just started in, in Liverpool, and it's about the uh, the Liver Birds, which is the f- the first uh, all girl rock band in the world, mm. and the, the, there's only two of them left alive now. Is that right? 
Yeah, one of them lives up in Scotland, I believe, up in Glasgow, and they come down. And there's a musical. They've got obviously got uh, actors in, actresses in, to play the part of the girls in this musical. And so it's called, I believe it's called Girls Don't Play Guitars. Because one of the girls who went with the Beatles, and she said, that, and John Lennon said, who are you? Oh, so we've got a rock band. And John Lennon turned around and said, well, girls don't play guitars. So that's what the musical's called. Mm. Well, I mean, what does John Lennon know about music? Of no. course, I that's know. It. I know, no. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, actually, you've got a connection to the Beatles, haven't you? Um... Yes, I did. I, well, I worked with it quite a few times, mm. you know, but um, I worked with it one time at the uh, Majestic Ballroom in Bergenhead, 19... I think... I think it was 1965, mm. and it used to be an old theatre, you know, years and years before that, so you used to get chains up in the gods, you know. Right. And uh, we were all upstairs there, and the Beatles came in, um, and Paul McCartney asked, did anyone have half a crown to get some cigarettes at the machine? Because I don't know if you can remember the old wooden machines. Where uh, you used to put your money in and you stick it and you pull your cigarettes out the out the drawer. Vaguely, yeah. Yeah, at the bottom. And uh, he said, oh, I'll give it to you when I come off stage because they were going on stage. Yeah. And they never got a back of him. No. No. And I always remember stuck out that night because John Lennon was a huge uh, Gene Vincent fan. And Gene Vincent was at the, uh, I think it was the Odeon Theatre, which was across from the Majestic Ballroom. And he was touring with. Uh, what, what's the girl with the, the husky? Brenda Lee. Right. There's Brenda Lee and... and uh, his name has gone from your mind. It's all right. Gene Vincent, right. And uh, they were doing a tour. And they had a brisk... In those days, they had the union. They had to use the bands over here. And it used to be a band called... I think they called... Uh, was it the Flea Wreckers, I think they called themselves? And they came over and they were backing them on the tour. And John Lennon was a big fan... And I remember him saying, oh, I'm, I'm going to try and get it before we go on. He said, I'm going to go across to the Odeon and see if we can get in. Mm. And he did get in. And he managed to catch uh, Gene Vincent, you know. Oh, fantastic. Because he wasn't too bothered about Brindley, but he loved Gene Vincent. And then he came over and we said, what? Oh, he said, he's brilliant, brilliant. And then they went on. So, basically, if you were wandering around that... Uh, it, what was it, uh if you're wandering around that night, you could have staggered in one venue and seen Gene Vincent. Yes, yep. Then staggered out and seen the Beatles. The Beatles, yeah. And you. And us. Well, yeah. yeah. <laughs> was, that, was, that, was that when uh, you were at the, the Dimensions or when you were still with Tiffany and Dimensions? No, that was no, that was just the, uh, the Dimensions. It was later. Yeah. When yeah, we, we jumped ahead there. We, Sorry yeah. about that, Jim. It was later when Irene, it was Tiffany, she joined us. Cause I said she used to be with um, the Liverbirds. Yeah. And, uh, and she joined us. And uh, we went down. George Martin was interested because our manager at that time, Jeff, started going out with Irene. I see. Right. And uh, he got in touch and said, I've got this girl singing, you know, blah, blah, blah. So George Martin said, well, uh, come down. And he said, uh, we're not musicians. So we said, well, she just joined the band, which was us, of course. Yeah. So we went down and we old studios to just to back Irene. But once uh, George Martin heard us, he said to us, have you got any original songs, which we did have? A friend of ours called Alan, Alan Crowley, great, he's dead now, God bless him. He, he's great, uh, he was a great singer-songwriter, you know, he wrote the song, you thought of the whisper. And uh, we did that, and we just did it live, you know, with no rehearsal, we just stood there, uh, 
you amply part behind you and just played it like you like you would on stage. Yeah. Went through the song, did one take, straight through. One take. Yeah, one take. Amazing. Straight, uh, one take straight through. They've come off, and George Martin said, yeah, I like that. He said, you haven't got any other stuff. I said, we haven't got another original song, but we can do, uh, and we did that, uh, the slow ballad. Yeah, Tears on My Pillow. Tears on My Pillow. Yeah. So we did that. Uh, once again, one cheek, straight through, and that was it. Amazing. And uh, while we were waiting, our manager was talking to George Martin. We had a little walk around Abbey Road Studios. Yeah. And I heard this music, and I thought, that sounds nice. And it was uh, Burt Bacharach. Was re- <laughs> yeah, yeah. Burt Bacharach was rehearsing a full orchestra and he had him up. Can you remember the Vernon's Girls? No, I can't. Uh, and they're doing a song, um, Trains, Boats and Planes. Trains, Boats and Planes. Great, great song. Yeah. And uh, George Martin said, if you want, you can go in because they're not recording. And we're in there watching this full orchestra, Burt Bacharach, Mm. And these uh, the Vernon's girls singing. This song is amazing. So you're just you've just wandered in Abbey Road. Now you're hanging out with Bert Backer. Right? <laughs> Bert Backer, <laughs> that my mate. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's brilliant. Isn't yeah. It? Uh, sorry, we we jumped ahead there. Uh, yes. Uh, but, uh, that's cool. Um, uh, so I was just going to talk about. So did, did you actually record um, your single at Abbey Road or? Yeah, Abbey Road. Yeah. Yeah. We did it in Abbey Road. Yeah. That's that's amazing. Just, just just one take. One take. Yeah. Yeah. And then when we came home, we do got, that now. yeah. When we got back home, Jeff said, "Well, he, he said, uh, he said I've got to ring him tomorrow," and he did. And he rang us back the, and, uh, the following day. He said, "They're releasing your record in one day." They yeah, decided. and we said, "We only did one check." No, he said, "They're over the moon, so they released this." And it ended up. Uh, anyone can remember radio? It was Radio Catalan's pick of the, pick of the week. The pirate radio yeah. station, yeah. It, that was just the main. Mm. Station in those days, you know. Wow. And their record, the record of the week, so it was played every DGA, played it, it's played all the way through. That's yeah. amazing. So we, we, we're quite, we're quite chuffed. One take record. Yeah. And I did actually, uh, I, I did find a uh, copy of uh, Tears My Pillow on YouTube, which I'm, I'm going to splice into the uh, podcast now for anyone yes. who's listening. Just a small snippet with that, obviously, y- yes, if that's okay. Yeah. Um, just uh, so people can hear that. So, uh, Well, we're back from that. Yes, yeah. That was like the magic of broadcasting. There, yeah. like <laughs> <laughs> so uh, after, um, uh, I take it there wasn't a massive amount of success from, uh, was it? how did that uh, single do, Tears My Pillow? Did- it, remember, uh, I'm trying back now, I believe, well, it was number one in London, put it that way. Oh, well, that, you know, on the that's show, so good success. Chat, yeah, it was number one in London, but I think it got into the, uh, I think it got into the 40s. Well, that's not bad, right. is it? If I remember rightly, yeah. 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 Very, very good indeed. Yeah. Better than I've done so far. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> I, I had hair then, of course, you know. I had hair. Do, do you think that makes the difference? It does, yeah. Mm. Maybe that's why Tom Jones yeah. has done so well. What yeah. do you think, you know? Because it's unusual. Nah. Yeah. yeah, because if you look good, it doesn't make any difference if you don't sound good. All right, explain Mick Jagger. Explain... <laughs> mm. <laughs> 
Not really. If, if he's listening, yeah, yeah, apologies, yeah, yeah, Mick. Yeah, yeah. Susan yeah. Boyle. Yes. Yeah, but we're going to move away from the current state of modern music, if you don't mind there, please, Mr. Sylvester, bringing in Susan Boyle. Yeah. Uh, and here she is, and through the door, straight into the studio. There yeah, you are. yeah. She's come to lap dance, you mark. <laughs> uh, uh, so anyway, I might have to cut that out. Uh, right, moving on. Uh, so after the dimensions... Um, you decided to go out as a duo, is that right? Yeah, well, I went out as a solo act on oh. my own for a while, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and that was I, on the Working Men's Club circuit, was it? Well, then it was a nightclubs. I did all the, it was just nightclubs then. I didn't do many working clubs in those days. It was all only nightclubs because every town had a nightclub. Yeah. Even Peter Lee. Peter Lee had a nightclub? Yeah, the Senate, yeah. Yeah. I, actually, I want to ask about that because um, obviously. It, Born and, and raised in Liverpool, and uh, how long have you been in Northeast, Jim? I came up here about nineteen or oh, seventy-two. I see. We were working up here. And that's where I met the wife. Mm. She was working in a nightclub, you know. Yeah, it's kind of what happened to me. Yeah, and she saw me. She thought, "I'm having him." Is that right? Yeah, that's not so, what happened to me. Yeah, so I let I let her have me. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> You're such a gentleman. She's had, had me. She's had me ever since. Oh, and, well, you know. Yeah. It's the story of it's almost like Romeo and Juliet, yes, isn't it? Really? Yes, uh, yeah. Oh, that's great stuff indeed. So, uh, and so you solo uh, doing the nightclub circuit. Yeah, uh, yeah. What sort of time was this? What time? That uh, would be um, uh, eight o'clock. No, I mean uh, decade-wise. <laughs> <laughs> what time? Time at night time or yeah. time or year? Uh, probably year. I think would be more useful. Yeah, I would say that would be. Uh, let me think. That would be. Oh, 70, yeah, and then about the... 1970, 71, yeah, possibly, yeah. Oh, excellent stuff. So, um, obviously, nightclubs and the workmen's club circuit was a sort of a big thing then, yeah. Um, obviously, I, I, I've got a bit of interest in how the workmen's club circuit was back in the day because, uh, obviously, I, I still work in them now, as do yes, you, yes, yeah, all um, right. and we, we've seen a small decline in, in, yes. in, in, in audience turnout. So, in the 70s, uh, could you explain sort of like uh, like what would happen on a basic gig? So you'd arrive at the nightclub, say what ten o'clock? Is it a late one or? Well, no. What you do? You, it, it was always like a week. So you'd start on a Sunday, yeah, and then you'd work every night mm. till a Saturday. But on the Sunday, you had to have a a proper um, band rehearsal. Most it was a full 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 dress rehearsal. Mm. So you had to be with your stage gear on and rehearse your show. I on see. afternoon, if you didn't get there for the rehearsal, you didn't do the, you didn't do the week. Fantastic! So uh, you turn up with your dots, then yeah. You turn up with your dots, yeah. Go for your uh, rehearse all the stuff, and then you'd be out on the night, and then be there every night of the week, you know. Yeah, and so, well, that's amazing. So you'd go. So back then, you'd go into a nightclub, and there'd be a house band. Oh yeah, with yeah, an act. Yeah, that's and of course, a, you use all the house. All all the nightclubs had really top yeah. notch PAs, you know. See. And what sort of material would you have been doing back then? Sort of chart then, stuff, or well, no, well, I was doing, um, I was doing, a, I was doing a lot of Bee Gees because mm. I had a high voice at the yeah. time. Um, so Neil, a lot of Neil Sedaka, yeah. Um, and I, I used to do the odd uh, Slim Whitman, oh, Slim Whitman song, yeah, yodeling and all that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I put that in, you can, know. Can you still yodel? Is that a bit a harsh thing to no, drop on you? No, the old one's got a bit I'll, now. Yeah. I, I mean, I wasn't expecting you to. That, that seemed a bit mean <laughs> to drop that on you there. Yeah. Aye. Uh, unprepared, Jim. So start yodelling, please. <laughs> one, two, three. <laughs> yodeling! <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
Oh, that was a great attempt, though. Um, oh, great stuff, indeed. So uh, after you did the solo circuit for quite a while, um, wh- wh- what did you then go into? Well, I, I met. Uh, well, I, I was already with a wife then. Yeah. And then we decided to, to, to go to try as a duo. Mm. You and the wife, yeah? Yeah, the two of us, yeah. And we went out as uh, James and Dodie White. Fantastic. Yeah. Because I was going under the name of James Black then. Yeah. That's when I, that's when I was over I was doing South Africa and all that, you know. Because I went out there... Went out there first. That was night. It was a seventy-six, mm. and I was there for three months. Fantastic! Uh, I had a fantastic three months there, and then well, the so it was the same sort of setup in in South Africa, it, nightclubs, and nightclubs, and, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and then I went back the following year. But the amazing thing at that time in South Africa, there was no, when I first went seventy-six, there was no television, mm. so everybody had to go out and watch live entertainment. But the amazing thing was. Um, every house had a wall painted white and on every corner there were shops uh, hiring out what was then you know uh, reel to reel I see yeah, projectors yeah. yeah and they'd order stuff over from the UK or America and for instance like when it was the the, the European Cup uh, well, sorry the, uh, the FA Cup final they would order it so you could watch the FA Cup final but on this projector it was a cost I think five pounds Pimps of all in round yeah. then, and and you could sit and sit there watching the wall and watching the cup final that was played the year before, the, well the week before in the UK, Fantastic. and that's how you watched all your movies and get any movie you want was all onto real, real to real, and then when I went out the following year, they introduced TV into the country, but it only ran, I think it was for an hour or two hours. I can't remember. It used to be on from seven o'clock. I think till nine o'clock, and the main, the big thing was a a program called World at War. Right? Can you remember that? Can you remember that one? The World at War. It's a great series. No, I I can't remember the World at War. World at War. It was all uh, all filmed of all of the war and different. You know, the First World War, the Second World War, and everybody just wanted to watch it, and that's what it was. And so everybody. So then that started to affect the clubs. I see. So you you find that. The clubs would be empty at that time. Yeah, we were home watching. All sitting, looking at the wall. Well, then they had TVs then. Yeah, and uh, it was amazing. It was, it was amazing. Uh, it was amazing scene at the time. Oh, so, so that was a uh, reel to reel and TV. Reel to reel. Yeah, were destroying clubs then, as opposed to bingo destroying clubs now. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, okay, I better move on uh, before. I call <laughs> yeah. And uh, so, while you were in uh, South Africa. Um, you came back to the UK um, after a run there, uh, and then you continued uh, in the duo. Was it when you came back? No, to the... I, no, I was I was still a, a solo then. Oh right, I see, I, I see. St- yeah, I was still a solo then, and then I, they, they want they I did so well. They asked me back the following mm. year, which was seventy seven. Yeah, and isn't that the time period when you were offered the lead role in Joseph? Yeah, that's when I, that's when I, I got back. That when I'm back in seventy seven. I see. I was doing the. Um, Oh, what's the club? The club in Cape Town. I can't remember the actual club now. This nightclub, anyway. And of course, you used to get all all the um, film stars and mm. actors and whatever who were working around the area. They used to come into into the into the nightclub. So you got to know the people. And uh, some of the producers from uh, Joseph had come in. And the guy who was doing Joseph over on the South African tour. 
had taken ill or something and he was having to pull out. So they were looking for somebody to take his place. So uh, they seen me and then they offered me to, uh, to do it. So of course, well, after me, my manager back home in the UK, because I was booked. Well, of course, yeah. Months and months, well, yeah. And he turned around and said, we can't do it. Because I've got that, I'd have to pull so much work out, I couldn't do it, you know. Yeah. Which is a shame, because I'd love to have done it, you know. Mm. Oh, excellent stuff. Yeah. Good stuff, indeed. So, um, when you came back to the UK, uh, yeah. what did you do then? When I came back from the UK, I, I, I went round, did uh, some... Obviously, you've got us a soul lack for a while. Mm. And then about... I did that when maybe up to about, um, I would say... Because I worked... I saw in 70... And going back to 74, I worked in Gibraltar. I don't know then what he's been to Gibraltar, but you've got mm. the big... You've got St. Michael's Cave. Right. Which is a tourist attraction. And used to hold shows and there. And what ha- what was happening, they were, they were holding the Miss Gibraltar competition... And the winner, whoever won, would be entered into the Miss World competition. So they wanted people to... Uh, I was invited to go over. and the, not, not to, to judge the competition, not to no, be in it? No, to, to perform. Oh, right. Yeah. No, I wasn't one of the... No, I was going to say. <laughs> I, I did, but I had the legs, but I didn't have the looks. Fair play. <laughs> uh, but, uh, yeah. So you were you performing as part so of the show? So I performed it, yeah. And we remember the, the program on Liftoff. TV pros on every five o'clock every night. And uh, I can't remember her name now, singer. But she was on, and I was on there, and we were there, we there for the week. Yeah. And we uh, we worked with a, a full orchestra. Oh, that's wonderful. It was, it was marvellous. And when I got there, they said, um, have you got your parts? And, of course, all I had was piano, bass, and drums. Yeah. <laughs> so they said Did they bust the rest, the whole orchestra? <laughs> full orchestra. So they said... Uh, well, it gives a few days, mm. and they wrote the whole for a, for a thirty-two piece songs are all the parts out, and they brought they didn't, they brought a, a string section, yeah, over from Britain to form with them, uh, and we did our rehearsal, which was amazing. Well, yeah, yeah, and then we did we we did the the the, the which was televised, but only in Gibraltar itself, oh. yeah. So I was because uh, I tried to get a, a video, but they, you couldn't could get videos in those days. Yeah, Jim Clark, famous in Gibraltar in South Africa. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's yeah. amazing. But uh, it was good. It's good. I thoroughly enjoyed it, you know. Lovely stuff. And then from that, I came back, and then uh, my missus, because you know, we were going out with us at that time, mm. and I said, well, you fancy, you know, because I'd hear her do a little bit of singing, and uh, I was trying to give her intuition, and I said, well, what? Well, I was told I'll treat it to harmonise. So she used to harmonise, and I, used to, I was obviously the main lead sync vocals. Yeah. Uh, and that's what we did. And uh, we, went to, we went to different parts in Europe, uh, working. And uh, yeah, it's, 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 it's excellent, great. That's, that's what happened. That's fantastic. Mm. So after about 10 years of doing that, you got sick of it. Yeah. Or you said you can do it on your own. Fair play, yeah. <laughs> yeah. As wives often say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not doing that anymore. Yeah. Do it on your own. Yeah. Um, don't look at me like that, Mark. Thank yeah. you very much. Yeah. <laughs> uh, our silent partner, of course, we do have uh, the wonderful Mark Sylvester in the room with us. He's oh, just, Mark. Yeah. He's on, he's on I'm best behaviour. Yeah, he's yeah. on yeah. best behaviour, yeah. Uh, observing. Yeah. <laughs> after last time's performance there. Uh, good stuff indeed. And so that, that pretty much brings us uh, 
So you've continued to do the the circuit mm. up until up until present day, is that right? Yeah, yeah. And then I I thought I'll go back to my roots because my, my original roots. I love country music, you know. Mm. Um, and I didn't realise until one night I worked with a duo, uh, and they said, uh, and I said, oh, I'm doing country, and I said, do you get much work doing country? Oh, ah, yes, there's the there's a country circus, and I thought I never even heard of it. Mm. Is that a country circuit? Yeah, all right. There's loads of clubs and all they do, and they're all over. And I said, oh, I must have a go at that. So I found out where the nearest one was, which, funny enough, was the Broken Wheel in Heseldon. Right. So I went down, had a look, because in those days, the Broken Wheel was full. Yeah. Full. And there was an actor, I can't remember who it was. I had a listen. I said, oh, that's gone. So I went there for about a month, just... Insinuating yourself, yeah, yeah. you know, li- listen to sing or do, and I thought, right, well, I could do that. So, I was down in, um, I was down in Blackpool, doing the normal, normal cabaret stuff, and we're walking around Blackpool, and I seen this shop selling country and western gear, and I thought, I said to my wife, daughter, I said, well, let's have a look in here, cause they had Stetsons and boots yeah. and all that. Went in. And I went in, and, uh, and the bloke behind that thing, he says, uh, oh, he said, are you, what, never seen you before. And I said, oh, no, I'm singing. I said, I'm at the, the club. Oh, he said, have you ever thought, why don't you do the, the competition? And I thought, what competition is that? Oh, it's at the whole of the competition in the uh, saloon bar in Blackpool. It's a country and western competition, you know. So I said, well, I said, I haven't had, I don't know any country songs apart from your Selling weapons songs I did years earlier. Yodeling again. Yeah, yeah. So he said, um, well, there's, I've got a lot of forms, and all he needed was five songs. So I said, right. I said, when's this? And, and the competition was starting something like four weeks down the, down the road, along, further along. And I thought, right, well, I'll learn these five songs. So I learned five songs. I went down, and then I won the heat. Which surprised me. Everyone was shocked, you know. They yeah. said, Who, who's this bloke? He's just, you know. Um, so I won the heat. And then they had the, uh, then you had eight heats. And for enough, I'd, the money, I, I tell you what, I, I got £150. If you won the heat, you got 150 quid. And when was this? The 150 Oh, you're talking um, 1980. So £150 yeah. was a big prize then. Oh, yeah, yeah. £150. So I said, oh, and I won it. I thought, oh, that's great. So, right, he said, now, so I was in the semi-final. If you won the semi-final, you got, uh, I think it was 300 quid. A good prize again. And, yeah. yeah. So I went down, got into the fi- got into the semi-final, and I came fourth. Right. Yeah, but I still got 150 quid. So you're not bad at all. You see, and I'm quite happy with this, you know. Surprised you only came fourth, yeah. like. Well, I, I know. <laughs> Must have been a fix. Yeah. <laughs> Must have been a fix. Yeah, fix, yeah. So anyway, the first four... Did they not know you sang with Burt Bacharach? <laughs> no, no, no. No, no, no. The, the first four actually got into the final. Right. So that meant I got into the final, and then I won the final, didn't ah, I? Ah, well, there we go. <laughs> Justice has been restored. Yeah. Picked up a nice cheque for a, a thousand pound at the time. Ooh, which lovely. Was, which was, Not which bad. Was very nice. Uh, and that's when me, me career started off uh, doing country. Excellent. Right. Mm. Uh, well, that's brilliant because that, that neatly brings us into my questions now because uh, 
that that was just the warm up we've just done there oh, for the yeah. last thirty five minutes. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, it's absolutely fascinating. Thank you again, Jim, for taking the time with us. Uh, yeah, so, it's been great. Uh, on the questions, in your own words, describe your current show or shows. My own current. Well, it's actually it's what I consider to be traditional country music. Yeah, you know, which suits me. I love the songs. I love the lyrics. Um, I write my own songs, so currently I'm doing about up to ten of my own songs in my show. Wonderful. Um, that's what I'm doing, but it's just pure. I just pure, look pure. Sadly, it's drifting away from the traditional country music scene mm. now. It's getting, it's getting taken over by what I would consider uh, country rock. I like some of the stuff, some stuff's great, but I, because of my age, I was brought up on original country music, you know, and that's it. I suppose like everything, there, there, there are trends, aren't there? Yeah, there trends, yeah, yeah. Oh, excellent stuff indeed. Yeah. So uh, you're doing a, a traditional country show uh, with original material as well. And, uh, yes, yeah. Because well, that's that's quite unusual as well to find that on, on the uh, the late entertainment circuit, the original yeah, material. Yeah, I, I know it's... A, you can, you couldn't get it... Because now you've got what you call a line dance circuit. So mm. you couldn't do original stuff on the line dance circuit because they just want to hear the songs they hear all the but time. I suppose it's the stuff they've learned, isn't it? They, they, they want to it, do this. Yeah. And yeah I, yeah, I understand. It's so, the same as uh, the, the cabaret circuit. There's a bit of a tendency to like the same material over and over that's again. That's right, yeah. That's what happens. Well, but with, they love with me, them, don't they? They love me. <laughs> <laughs> but with traditional country music, you can tend to delight because they're listening. They're more of a listening audience. Yeah. So you can do a rhythm song and listen. If you like the song and the lyrics... Oh well and good. That's great. And up to now, my uh, little stuff's going down very well, you know. Oh well, absolutely. Mm. Good, good. That's what I love to do, you know. So, uh, right, the next question. Go on. Tell me about your last gig or run of gigs. Well, I don't get a run of gigs now because mm. obviously, uh, for my kind of country, there isn't night after night after night. Quality after night. over quantity, yeah. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. yeah. So. <sighs> I would say, uh, ask that question again. Tell me about your last gig. Oh, the last gig? Yeah. <laughs> the last gig, <laughs> the, it, it's, not, it's, it's not very often, you see. The last gig was the, the uh, Hartlepool Workingmen's Club. Oh, yes, I know it. You know it? We know it. Known as King Aussie Club. The King Aussie Club. Yeah, but... and I was there on Monday, had a wonderful night. It's one of those clubs that's got everything because it's an easy lifting, mm-hmm. right? It's a lovely big stage. It's a great big club, great big floor, and there's a group about lovely, all lovely ladies, man. They're all I call them girls because at my age, you know, I can call them girls. Well, that that endure a bit of a charmer as well. Yeah, yes, oh, well, that, that's yeah, that's my natural. Yeah. Uh, because I'm I'm good looking, so that I've got the women straight away. Anyway. And modest with it as well. <laughs> yes, I'm better. I've, uh, can, can I tell you a story about King Aussie Club? Actually? Yeah, yeah, go on. So uh, I was, I was went, uh, went to see um, another act at yeah. King Aussie Club, but because I was cheating on you, I went to see another act. Uh, yes, a, a guy called Jet Taylor, who was gigging at the King Aussie Club. Oh, um, he's baldy bloke, isn't he? Yeah, I mean, he has a baldy head. Uh, good singer. He's not very tall. Um, no. Jim Clark, what a be? Yeah, yeah. Uh, incidentally, Mark Sylvester's stage name is Jet Taylor. <laughs> I'm saying nothing. And um, I, I, I was riding the motorbike at the time. Yes. Um, in the up, club. Right. I, I was thinking about it, doing a bit of meatloaf yeah, on the yeah, stage. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. And I, I pulled up, and uh, I had my uh, Brandon leather jacket on. You know, oh, the Marlon yeah. Brando. Yeah, thing. yeah, um, yeah. 
and looking very well, suave. Well, you do look a bit like Marlon Brando. Yeah, in the dark, maybe. Yeah, no. no, as he is now. Oh, yeah. I mean, so, like when he, yeah, <laughs> dead, when yeah. he was young. Thank you so much, yeah, Jim. Yeah. That's, that's, I'm, I'm really question. pleased we got you on. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. And uh, I, I went, I went in, and um, the, the, the guy on the door looked me up and down and said, uh, uh, "Can I help you?" I'm like, "I'm here to see the singer." <laughs> and they're like, uh, "Wait, what, 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 what do you what, what do you think's on?" I said, "Well, it's punk night, isn't it? I've got punk on, punk. I like punk." <laughs> and they're like, "No, it's country." I'm like, "Oh, I'll be all right. I danced anything, me." <laughs> and he, <laughs> this guy was getting really stressed out. Yeah. Until I said, "No, it's okay. I actually know the the, the singer in question. He's a friend of mine." Yeah. Yeah, so they thought I was about to turn up with a big gang of Hell's Angels and yeah. it's going to be like the Black Widders riding in <laughs> wah, 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 into the King Ozzy. Sorry. Anyway, Jim, so uh, you had a good night at King Ozzy yourself. Yeah, yeah? wonderful night, yeah. Um, of course, um, yeah. All the girls, they're lovely girls. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, uh, there's about 12 of them, maybe 14, and they get and they dance to anything. Yeah. They're all good dancers. The bingo as well. Yeah, yeah, the good bingo players and all. They dance the bingo. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Just when they win. Oh, lovely. Yeah. Do oh, the good stuff indeed. Uh, right, uh, so this is a good one, uh, and I'm expecting a good answer off you for this one, Jim. Go on. Uh, tell me about the best or most notable gig you've done, in your opinion. The most notable gig? Mm. Um, thing that sticks out the most, one of, you, one of your favourite memories of gigging. Well, I have to say, well, the cabin. Obviously, the cabin, it's, it's got to be... The cabin club, yes. That's got to be number one. Um, uh, uh, would you mind uh, telling us about the, the gig at the cabin, please? Uh, like uh, a bit more detail about uh, how it was. and Because there'd be a lot of people really interested in that. Because Oh, the cabin. Yeah, well, don't get me talking. I mean, I did it, what, 62, 63. Mm. Or what? 63, 64, 65. Yeah. Um, and it was just a great event, but the sound was fantastic. I mean, you couldn't get... You didn't sell alcohol, it was all soft drinks, you know? Mm. You used um, to go up the road to the grapes, wasn't it? You, you go up the road to the grapes, yeah. have a few drinks in there, and that's where me, I've got a wall on the wall, I've got two bricks on the wall with my name on. You have indeed? Yeah. Yes, yes. Um, which I feel quite proud about. I, I uh, should think you are as well. Underneath yeah. Adele, the dimensions uh, the are... Felt tip. Are you wrote it on Feltif? Hey. Did you write it in Feltif? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Jim Clark was here. Yeah. Uh, the only thing, when it rains, you, you've got to keep going. Go. To heck of a, back again and do it again. Let's take a trip back to Liverpool. To, uh, no, but yeah, uh, yeah. Yes, if you if you do happen to be passing the new Cavern Club, um, if you look on the wall, uh, the dimensions, which is, uh, I, I know I'm pronouncing it a bit like... Yeah, the, dimensions. The dimensions. Yeah. Uh, the brick is next to, uh, uh, just underneath and to the left of Adele's brick. So, you know, if you've heard of Adele... Yeah. Well, down there, yeah. the dimensions have are you, holding have, her up. Yeah. Have you been down here? Have you been I have, there? yes. I've never seen the brick, have you? I have. I've got a picture of uh, my my youngest stood next to it, and I was like, Daddy knows that man. Yeah. Do, would you like to touch me? Uh, I'd I better not. <laughs> it, it, I mean, th- we, do have, we do have video <laughs> evidence. I don't want to end up <laughs> yeah. in court. Yeah, okay. So I hear you're touching old people now. <laughs> Older people. Let's see the old one. Closely sex appeal. Sorry, I'm just gonna. I, I do. I'm sorry to have to bring us back on track yeah, yeah. here. <laughs> so uh, obviously the Cavern Club. Uh, yeah, the Cavern. Actually, be yeah. The yeah. Cavern's got to be. And it always packed out, was it? Oh yeah, yeah, it was. Yeah, and of Brilliant. course when I worked with the orchestra at, uh, in Gibraltar, that was a that was mm. wonderful. Because I did a 20 minute spot there with them. You know, so it was superb. Fantastic stuff. Mm. And are you? Is your name written on any walls in Gibraltar as well, or the toilet walls? <laughs> <laughs> Go home. <laughs> oh, harsh that much. <laughs> yeah, go home. Well, I always uh, wonder how you can recapture him on some of the people you've worked with, even in the clubs, and they hear you like Roy Orbison. 
Oh, all the I, people you yeah. work with, all these big names. Yeah, it's, it's I mean, a dying with, art now. Yeah, I worked with all those people. Uh, Hilda Baker, wonderful. No, she said she worked with you, actually. So. Did she? Yeah, yeah. Oh, she's lovely Hilda. Well, she was. God, now bless her. Uh, Max Wall. Mm-hmm. Good evening. <laughs> Wall's the name. Comedy's the game. Yeah, very funny bloke. That's I'll tell it's a true story. Please do. Yeah, we were working at the um, the, cl- the uh, Solly Hall nightclub in, in Solly Hall. Uh, and I was there for the week with Max Wall. Mm. And I always remember Ronnie Corbett was sitting in the audience because he was a big friend of Max Wall's, and he used yeah. to watch watch every night. And uh, Max was, a, I think, it would have been around then. He'd be maybe sixty, something like that. And he come in. And he had this most gorgeous blonde you've ever seen. She was absolutely... She's only looked about 19, 20, but she was gorgeous, mm. right? And we're all thinking, it must be his granddaughter or something like that, you know. Anyway, uh, at the end... A bit of the naive, week, aren't you? <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, and at the end... I always remember, at the end of the... Must have been maybe on the Friday, because we finished on the Saturday. And on the Friday, he come in and he had a right... Huge black eye. Yeah? Mm. Black. And I was remember saying, what a, what's happened to your eye, Max? The bloody women. <laughs> the bloody woman of mine. Excuse me. Looking at other women. Punch me in the eye. <laughs> Max, And I thought, hey, dear, I wouldn't mind being punched in the eye by here, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Max, yeah. So, you wait till the next morning. Yeah, and uh, so... Mark, Mark just mentioned you uh, sort of met Roy Orbison as well. Yeah, went with Roy Orbison. Did, did a week with him. Uh, it was in Wakefield, I think it was Wakefield. Fantastic. Yeah. And uh, was there any other like big artists of that time period you, you worked with as well? Oh, yeah. Dick Emery, um, Bob Munkhouse. And you worked with Billy Fury one time? Eh? Billy Fury. You met Billy Fury. Um, I, went, I, went, I went with Billy Fury up here in the northeast. Right. Funny enough. I remember yeah. talking about it, yeah. Yeah. Not long before he passed away, sadly. But, um... Yeah, I was just going to say, you, you, we're losing you a little bit when you, you, you two are talking to each other. Oh, Would you yeah, not, yeah, sorry. Yeah. Would you mind talking to the mics, please? Yeah, yeah. Hello. Okay. We're, but, just lo- um, we're just losing you a little bit. Yeah. It's getting casual, you said. I didn't mean to tell you <laughs> off. I, 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 don't, please, I'm not telling you off. Just, casual just, Would you mind talking in the mic, please? Yeah. And, <laughs> so. yeah, and, uh, and of course, we had, uh, I can tell a story about it. You remember Charles Hawtrey? Do I remember Charles Hawtrey? The, the, the carry-on team. Oh, right, yes, of course, yeah. yeah. The little skin with the glasses? Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, he was over, as I said, he hit the stars over in South Africa. I, I, I know him from the, the Smiths album cover, more so, if I'm honest. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. there, is he? He is, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, he, he, came, he came into the club, and he was, doing, um, he, was do, he was doing a play over there, would you believe, where he never spoke a word. Right. All he did, he played a dead person lying in a coffin. That's all, because of who he was. Yeah. The, the name, they had him in the show, just lying in the... In the programme. Yeah, just lying in the company, you see. Dead body. Yeah. And he used to come in, he used to come in every night, and Julie, Julie Dawn, right, Julie, or Julie Fontaine, as you know now, Julie, I'd, known, I'd met him oh, many times before, I'd worked with him, and I'd never met him. And she said, oh, oh this is, this is Charles. Because you couldn't call him, you had to call him Charles, you know. I see. And uh, he, so we, we, we met, he used to come in for a drink, and he used, to, he used to drink port. Right. And this particular night, he got a, a little bit palatic on the port. Mm. 
So Julie and I had to put him in bed. We took him up to his room, undressed him, put his pyjamas on and put him into bed. Was he? Was it the same pyjamas he's always wearing in Carry On Hospital and stuff? It could be. Yeah. It could be. It could be that blue stripey one. Blue stripe. Yeah, yeah. And there's another true story. That happened. Yeah. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. So, uh, oh, can you tell us some stories? Oh yeah. Well, hopefully, hopefully, <laughs> there's a couple more to come. Um, mm. uh, I'm going to come back to that as well. Yeah. Um, so we've spoken about your best and most notable gig. Um, yeah. Now, can we get on to the juicy stuff? What's the worst gig you've done? The worst gig? As in, have you ever feared for your um, life at a gig? Or have you ever had well, I, like I, a really I, uncomfortable one? Or I've got to be honest. I the only, there's one, I think, going back, is in South Wales, Merthyr Tidville, I think it was. Mm-hmm. That was a bit... I've worked in Merthyr Tidville. It was a bit hard. It was, it was hard work, that particular. But that's what I'd say. But otherwise, I think I've been very lucky. Well, you know... I've it, been very lucky. You know, I've had, been very lucky audience-wise. That's fantastic. Um, but that's I like the, the story you told, Jim. Of. Remember the one you told? You told me a story about when you worked in in Glasgow when it was still a bit segregated. You went to the Rangers club, and that guy was on there trying to say the Catholics on. They chuck him in all his game in the river. And that's oh, story you told that me. Was, yeah, now that's all oh, right. Oh, Go on, then, please, yeah. please do. I'm glad you remind me there, Mark. <laughs> now I was doing the. Um, I was so. This one I was solo act on my own, and I was doing this. Uh, it was the Glasgow Rangers. Football clubs, actually, it was in the, the mm. grounds itself. Uh, and I was on with a singer who funnel had a hit. I'm telling what his name was now. But uh, they call him oh, Dennis Lurch Martin. I know of this guy. Um, he did the clubs as well in North East, if I remember correctly. Oh, going back my, uh, my father spoke to me about. And he used to sit on the chair the wrong way round with his knees. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. Dennis. Yeah, isn't that amazing? They say, I mean, yeah. obviously he was pretty well. Yeah, very, but very tall, tall, freakishly yeah. tall. Apparently, he actually had a hit record. You know, right? I can't think what it was. Yeah, and he was, uh, of course, with the Glasgow Rangers club. So you imagine it, it was full, big, massive room. It's like a big nightclub. Yeah, and it was all like the rhythm with the uh, the rhythm musicians. You know. And he wanted to sing, <laughs> he wanted to finish his show off with I'll Take You Home Again, Kathleen. Which you just didn't sing in a Protestant club. I see. Right? <laughs> you know, it wasn't known. Yeah. So he said, nobody tells Dennis Lurch Martin what to sing and what not to sing. I'm going to sing what I want to sing. So he gets on his chair, long way round, he's singing a song, I'll take you home again, Kathleen. And of course there was booze and screams and shouting and some naughty languages coming out. And then when we came out, they were waiting for him outside. Yeah. And he got his PA and he threw his PA and him over this wall into the stream. Wow. <laughs> rule, rule, rule number one. Don't do religious songs. Oh, rule number two, yeah, don't do yeah. football Not songs. Not in the 80s in Glasgow and all the 70s. R- rule number that. three, don't do religious football songs. Okay. <laughs> oh, <laughs> no, no, no. In the 80s, in the 70s as well. Oh, oh, yeah, me. Excellent stuff. Mm. So, uh, uh, right, okay. Um, you've probably uh, met most of the people on most other people's wish lists who they like to meet, but if you could meet any musician or group, living or dead, who would you like most to meet at this point? To meet... I think I would love to meet um, Willie Nelson. Yeah. I'd uh, love to meet him, yeah. And he's still going. Yeah. 
I admire him so much because of his history. And here he is, ladies yeah. and gentlemen. <laughs> oh. I just, he doesn't want to talk, but he's in the room. <laughs> he's older than you, are yeah. you? But Willie, yeah, he, he, I think Willie's about 85, 86 yeah. now. Five years, but I admire him, I think, well, he's still going at his age. And he's cool, as. He's cool, yeah. And, uh, and I just think, as he's got older, I like his voice better than when he was younger. Okay. You know, and he's, he's recording some great, great songs, which I do a lot of. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'd like to meet Willie. That's great. Yeah. Well, we'll try and set that up for you. Great, Willie Nelson. Yeah. That. We'll make some calls. Yes, yeah. You never know; he might be listening. <laughs> I'll put. I'll, I'll. I'll. I'll send a link to this on Twitter and see yeah, what he does. Yeah. He'll probably ignore us. Oh, <laughs> he's probably busy. Yes, what yeah. What time is it in the states? Four twenty in the states, isn't it? Um. Okay. Now, this is the odd question. Now, um, I feel a bit embarrassed asking you this question because of somebody with your immense stature. Um, yeah, yeah. But I asked Mark, and he seemed all right with it. Right, so if you were abducted by aliens and the only way you could avoid being painfully probed was to perform your best song, what would that song be? And if you couldn't do that one, what would be your second choice? I think it would have to be... Um... I think it would have to be Wine to Water, mm-hmm. followed by my own song, Till I See You Again. Okay. You were going to risk being probed with... Yes. Right? Yeah. It must be a good one. Yeah. And a third songs. one, thirdly, it would, um, it would have to be the song that I wrote with Paul, but the Alzheimer's song. She don't know me like she used to. Yeah. With who? Yeah, first, yeah, don't, 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 don't do Chick- any memory jokes about Alzheimer's, Mark. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That wasn't, yeah. Who else did you write that with? <laughs> He's calling me, I've got Alzheimer's. Me, you wrote most of it. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I feel quite proud of that, those two songs. It was yeah, actually Jim, myself and Paul, the three was in it. Yeah? Me, you and Paul did it, didn't we? Mm. Yeah. Excellent. I mean, I only wanted two, but I mean, three's cool. I mean, you, you make your own rules. It's, you're the and guest. And of course, of course, our, our young friend here, Mark, Marcus, Marcus Silvestro, Marcus Taylaro. <laughs> Sounds very exotic. I think you joined with a few words and things, you know, didn't you? Remember oh, right? Yeah. Right, few. Oh, one hey. or two. Huh? One or two. Yeah, he's gone yeah. shy. Look at him. He's gone shy. He's Lovely. gone shy. Look, he's gone shy. Go stab in. I'm in. I'm in the presence of royalty. He's gone red. With, I'm sorry, I'm, Your Majesty. I'm not that important. I think. I think he's having the flush. I'm just a page. <laughs> He's, a, he's, he's the tea boy today, bless him. What a lovely man. Hint, lovely. hint. So, w- where's the most luxurious place you've ever had to get ready in? Dressing room wise. Oh, oh, let me think. Let me think. That's what, see, that's, that's important to us, uh, us vocalists yeah. and performers. Mm. We, we like a good dressing room, don't we? Yeah, it's, it's very nice. Well, it's definitely nothing in the Northeast. Well, yes. No? Well, there is a part two to this question yeah. we'll get to. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, I'm just trying to think now, and it definitely wasn't in the cavern. No, no. no. What, what were the change of facilities in the cavern like? Yeah, yeah uh, non-existent well, or it was just a hook on a wall. Yeah, and the the, the, the uh, just water was running down the wall, so to keep it away from the walls, so it stays and dry. No, uh, I'm just thinking, where would it be? Well, I did a nice show uh, in well South Africa was nice. That yeah. was a nice change, you know. But I did an actual show there, run by the the, uh, the Jewish organisation, mm. and they used to do a show once a year over there, all for charity. Yeah, and they took the whole floor of the hotel, this big I can't remember the hotel, that big posh hotel, and they 
took the whole floor for the show. And I remember doing a show there, and that was quite posh. Very nice. Yeah, that was very nice, yeah. All right, excellent. And what about the worst place you've ever had to get changed? Obviously, we've just mentioned the cavern. Mm. What's the, the worst? The worst place? Yeah. Well, I've changed, uh, I've changed on a field. Right, that, yeah. that, that would count, I imagine, as <laughs> the worst place. I've changed on a field when we've done a, a country festival. Dropping your kecks and... Yeah, yeah. Could people see you while you were doing that? Not really, no. No, I Well, they wouldn't, they wouldn't have done it, but I kept running outside. Yeah. <laughs> Woo, look at me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, um, so uh, imagine you're on, the, uh, on stage... Yes. ...doing your fabulous show as you are. Yeah. Uh, somebody comes up and they ask for the weirdest song ever. Now, has this ever happened to you? Has somebody come up and asked for a really strange song request? Yes, they've asked me to do uh, a song uh, that was a big hit for a woman. Mm. And I thought, I'm sorry, I can't do that one, you know? Yeah, it sounds like the, the, the Tina Turner request yeah. that we all get. Yeah, well, yeah, I. But oh. I can't think what the song was now, but I thought, well, that's, a, that's an out-out girl song. No, yeah. I, I, I couldn't do that one. And did they, uh, did they respond... Uh, happily with that or did they pull a face and sulk? Well, he pulled a face yeah. about a couple of little short nasty naughty words yeah um, which obviously I cannot use now of course yeah. um, well, well you can Jim I mean yeah. you do have an explicit tag just in case of sexual uh, yeah. content <laughs> and a bleep machine yeah, I, mean, I can always bleep yeah, stuff yeah. as well you can bleep it but that's but, fine uh, no that's it no no you've mm. painted a nice enough picture there we, we, we've all all yeah. performers I've had that conversation. Um, yes. Uh, so, uh, on the similar sort of vein, what's the strangest thing anybody's ever said to you at a venue? Something that made you think, what? Well, people said, why are you here? <laughs> <laughs> That's a bit philosophical, isn't yeah. it? <laughs> <laughs> said, why, what, why is what, anyone what, here? But why, <laughs> why are you here? What, what, what are you going to do now? And I said, well, I'm a singer. Oh. They were things there. So you go, and that's what they said. Yeah, what a minute. I can't get it was. When you, it was when up you in the walk, You walk in with a pair of speakers and yeah, you yeah. sit up on a stage. Yeah, yeah. And you do a sound check. You do one, two, one, two. Yeah. You might sing a bit of a song. Yeah. And then they say, Why are you here? Yeah. yeah. So it's Are you the singer? That's yeah. my, my favourite one. Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'll tell you another, another quick, just a quick interesting story you told me years ago was when hey. you first started using, making your own backing tracks up. Mm-hmm. And then for, in the, probably in the. The 70s, you were using backing tracks and singing along with backing tracks. Mm. Everybody does it now. It's second nature, but it started oh. very early in the 70s, didn't you? Using backing tracks and singing with them. Yeah, yeah well, I, think I, was, I think I was one of the first to use backing tracks. Right. We actually went to, uh, you know, AIR. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I went in and we hired, uh, I don't remember, Ken Shaw. Uh, yes. Ken, I think I don't, that was, it was a lovely art. Ken Shaw, we got uh, some of the, uh, the lads from AIR. And I went in, I had a great big Revox reel-to-reel. Yeah. And I got all my tracks put down on this reel-to-reel, and I spliced them all, so it just ended, it ended and that, that was it. Did, it. did it stretch over time? No, it didn't, for enough, no. That's all right. No, it, no, it didn't. I just had visions of you having to, all your songs just getting oh, longer, yeah. longer and longer <laughs> like and longer as yeah. the years no, went no, by. No, it didn't. But it did, co- I've got to be, it did cause a little bit upset with some of the musicians. Oh, I see why. It, I can see, I understand. And then they started to me out as a speciality act. I see. See? Right, yeah. uh, but then uh, I suppose, you know, uh, 
financially speaking, it, it makes a little bit more sense. Mm, yeah. You know, similar sort of result for yeah. quite a lot. I mean, yeah. obviously, I'm all for live music. We all are. Yeah. Um, but well, I've, I've heard people say that Jim was, or Clark James at the time, where you called, was one of the first people to come out and use backing tracks, which I thought mm. was quite amazing, the 70s. Mm. Uh, I've heard in a video then. <laughs> amazing. Yeah, yeah. See? The first one. Innovation. Yeah, the f- first one to use backing tracks was Emil Ford. Is that right? Yeah. Do you remember Emil Ford? No, I can't. What do you yeah. want to make those I, eyes I'm, at me for? What do you J- want J- Jim, to make I'm, those I'm, eyes at me oh, right. for? Yeah, I'm going to have to... Uh, I don't know how old you think I am, but I was actually born in 1979. So yeah, yeah. I'm, I am missing a few of the yeah. references. I'm yeah, sure some of the listeners will get it. Yeah. And, and, and so will Mark. But, yeah, uh, you, but I think you had, yeah, you had, so you, you I, had I, a hard I, paper around, didn't you? That's very... Thank you, Jim. Sorry, I mean... It was 40 last week. That's really... Thanks for that as well. You do realise that I actually have editing power on this, so I can make myself look really, really good. Yeah. I'm not, I mean, I'm not going to. You mean? Better, I should looking say. Looking like, I cannot see how you make yourself any better. Looking oh. any better. You know, thank you again for coming on. Uh, ladies and <laughs> gentlemen, Jim Clark. Uh, <laughs> uh, okay, um, well, that was pretty much the, the main gist of the stories. Uh, yes. We've, we've now hit an hour, uh, so... Was there one final story, something that comes to mind you'd like to leave us with, like a, an anecdote or something along the lines of perhaps when you worked with somebody famous or, you know, something else that's notable that sticks out? Um, I'm just trying to think of something that would be... Would you tell me, us that one you told me about when you went to Scotland when they thought you were doing a publicity stunt like the Beatles did because everybody was getting famous? Remember that story you told me? That when one? you hired the van and hired the PA equipment and you get all high purchase... You went to Glasgow and somebody stole it all. Oh, yeah. They thought it was a publicity story. No, that, I oh. forgot all about that. Yeah, please that, do. Yeah, that was, um, <laughs> that's when we were the uh, Dimensions. Mm. And uh, at that time, yeah, at that time, I just finished work at stuff because I thought I'm going to be a professional singer, blah, blah. So I finished work. And what we done, we got into, we all went, to, we, all, we were all working. So we all packed our jobs in. Went to, uh, I think it was Rushworth and Drapers in Liverpool. I think it was Rushworth. And we all bought all our equipment, drums, guitars, amps, all on HP. Yeah. Right? And we had our first tour, because we finished work on a Friday, went to Rushworth, picked all this equipment up that we'd ordered, like, weeks before. And then we, uh, we drove up to uh, Glasgow f- for our first tour in Scotland. And... Uh, I think, we're, I think we were doing the uh, the Maryland Club in Glasgow, which was a tough, tough place, you know. Yeah. And uh, we we went here and we parked the van on the on the public car park. We, we come out, we'd done the gig, and we thought, right, so we parked the van, we had everything that we had had with our suitcases, your toothpaste, your, your, you know, and everything was all in the van. Mm. And we went into this this little cafe. It was on Sockyard Street, and we got coffee tonight. We got chatting into the girls, you know, like groups do and your own bands. Chatting to the, the girls working there, and then when we come out, the van had gone. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So all we, we were left with was what we had on. Mm. We had no tube, nothing, just what you wore. So what we're going to do now? So anyway, we went to the police, and the police, at that time, thought that we had deliberately hidden the gear in the van just for the publicity. I see. Right, which was, of course, we didn't. No. And uh, 
We thought, what are we going to do now? So we said, look, he said, we want you. He said, he said, can we go? No, no, you can't go home until we get this sorted out. So we had to stay there for a week. So luckily, I'd we'd been chatting to some of these girls in, in this, this uh, cafe. And she said, uh, well, I'm going. I said, I'll ring my mother up. In a Scottish accent, of course. Uh, would you mind doing that for us, Mark? I'll ring my mum up. <laughs> yeah, I'll ring you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hold on, I'll ring my mum. But more, can make it more feminine. Hang on, I'll ring my mom. <laughs> That's it, yeah. And uh, so she <laughs> rang her mom, then told him. So she said, well, tell him to come down there. And she put us up. Oh, that's lovely. For the week, yeah. And I thought, well, you know, lovely that, you know. Yeah. She put us up for the week. Yeah. And then eventually the, our van was found, I think it was about 12 miles outside the Glasgow Kirk and Tullock. Right. That's where the van was found, you know. And then the police... Eventually, they they let us come home. I see, the but it was an all it was all it was all major headline in all the newspapers. Remember the news of yeah. the world? Oh, and, I remember. And all them it was all headlines. You know, uh, Liverpool group. You know, equipment uh, all stolen. But the lot was we had nothing. And bear in mind, we never even made a payment on the equipment. Oh, and you never got to play with it? No. That's crazy. Did it? Did any of it get ever recovered? Or no, 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 not at all. So that's that was our first week. Turning pro. Fantastic. So two of the lads said, I've had enough and this and he packed in. But the, the guitarist Les and I said, no, we're true. Show pe- people we're going to carry on sticking out. And, and which we did. So you went out as an acoustic um, acapella group? It, yeah, we could have done, yeah. Yeah. We could have done. <laughs> well, uh, ladies and gentlemen, I'd just like to say a massive thank you to our, our wonderful guest, Mr. Jim Clark. Thank it's you so much. It's been great. It's been thank a pleasure. You, been absolutely delighted. Thank you for sharing those stories with us. It's been absolutely fascinating, and I'm sure everyone will agree. And, of course, our gracious host, Mr. Mark Sylvester. Thank you again, Mark. Thank you, sir. Uh, I've been Chris Atkins, and that was another episode of The Secrets of the Dressing Cupboard co- uh, podcast, even. So uh, a round of applause, please, for Jim, as we uh, fade ourselves out. Thank you very much indeed, and goodbye. Thank you. Ha, <laughs> ha,